1: You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And today we are gonna talk about an issue that has become more and more important today as we are all on the internet and on social media and our whole lives are essentially online. So that is privacy, you know, whether it's something we hold dear or don't care about. So again, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. So Ian, privacy. Are you a big privacy nut or, you know, kind of kind of just don't care?
0: I think I like to say that I care and I do care, but I think a lot of us are pretty hypocritical in the sense because while we say that we really care about our privacy, we don't want the government or third parties meddling in what we're talking about, what we're doing, our data. We use so many sources and so many devices today that it's pretty much impossible to be completely off the grid or to be completely private. So, you know, of course I use Google, I use Facebook, I use all these sites, which of course you're giving up your privacy. But I think in general, like when using these sources or using these platforms, I do care about the privacy while using them. And I think this is becoming more and more important for users and customers is the idea of having more privacy. Because like you mentioned, we live in this world of you know, complete digitization. All our information is online now. It can all be accessed. I mean, data is the most valuable asset that's out there in the business world now. It's marketing gold. And so it's hard to be living in a world where we're always on the border between sharing all our information and keeping that privacy while while using it. So I'd say I'm, I'm definitely concerned about the privacy and encryption and things like this, but I also understand that it's unavoidable in some aspects. What about yourself?
1: I think I have a a similar view to you. Being a reporter, I just, I know that everything that I put online is out there and accessible, and unfortunately, probably out there forever, right? So I never think that I have privacy if I post something on Instagram or Facebook. It's not private. It never will be, and so that is something that I take caution to, you know? I don't post any incriminating photos, anything that I think would get me in trouble in my career, or anything like that. And I, like you said, like data and everything is being stored and it's being sold and it's out there. And so to have the expectation that you post something and you have all these privacy settings and it's really private is, I think, naive. I don't kind of have these ideas that like people are watching me or anything. So I, it's something I don't really think too much about. It's just I always don't put anything online that I think would ever hurt me 10 years from now. <laughs>
0: I think that's pretty prudent. If you don't want people to know about it, do not put it on the internet. That's a good, good word of advice there. I think it's important to back up a little bit to explain how we've gotten to this point. So a lot of this has come with, uh, like I mentioned earlier, with the introduction of digitization, of technology, of all our usage of social media, all these platforms, but also we can go back to post 9-11, after the September 11th attacks in the United States in 2001, the government decided to put in power an agency, technically, it's called the National Security Agency, NSA. And the idea of this organization was to monitor people's communications, so their emails, their messages, their phone calls, basically to protect against any terrorism that could happen. Now, what ended up happening was this law got passed without congressional approval. And so the government started basically spying on everyday citizens, their emails, their messages, their phone calls, even if they weren't considered a threat on a level of terrorism. And so this technically was illegal, and it got leaked by Edward Snowden. So Edward Snowden, he's the one that actually was the whistleblower. He leaked this to the public. and he still to this day, I want to say, almost 10 years later, is still living in Russia as a an exile. And so, you know, that that could be a whole episode in itself, actually, so we won't go down that rabbit hole. You know, from these early days, the government reaching more and more to try to get into the privacy of everyday citizens, we see these, companies like Google, Facebook, where people are getting more and more nervous about the the way they're entering more and more into people's private lives. And so, you know, it started back then and we just see each year it's developing more and more in different ways.
1: Absolutely. I think I would say in the US, privacy is something that people take pride in. It depends on the state. I think a lot more conservatives, people on the right really, really want their privacy and are adamantly opposed to any laws that will take any of that privacy away. But yeah, like you said, with social media, like everything's out there. I think some of the scary things is I I know everything's out there, so I don't put anything that I would be nervous someone knowing about me on the internet. But sometimes, you know, say I book a flight to Florida, and then all of a sudden I get an ad for you know beachware or like tours by Palm Spring. And you're like, How do you know that I booked a flight to Florida? Or um for October, I decided that I wasn't gonna drink. I was doing a sob tober and I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't Google search anything. And all of a sudden I got all these ads for non-alcoholic beer. And I was like, 50. I was like, how do they like I don't know if they're listening to my conversations through my iphone mic or you know maybe they're even reading my text messages i don't even i don't know how but i've never googled non-alcoholic beer i've never taken a month off of drinking it was just odd it was odd how targeted it was so i think the ads really creep me out and really show me how little privacy we have
0: yeah it seems super intrusive right you be talking about you know you need a new pair of shoes and then all on the right side of your computer screen you have shoes yeah it makes you feel like you're being listened to or or being watched some people even go to the go to the point where like the camera on the front facing part of their computer they'll cover it up with tape i've even heard that mark zuckerberg has been seen doing this with his computer um he's a guy with inside knowledge so so who knows maybe his actions are saying something but i don't go quite that far but it's, it's definitely one of those things where people are nervous that they're being watched all the time in this age of surveillance in this age of you know what is private what is encrypted what is not encrypted it leads us to a lot of different areas of what can we do without everyone knowing about it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the million dollar question nowadays.
1: It's funny, I when I went home recently, my dad has tape on his computer camera. My dad is like, you know, in his fifties, he's like, you know, blue collar mechanic. And I'm like, dad, you don't even know how to work the video camera, like, how do you think someone's watching (laughs) you?
0: (laughs) Just to be safe, just being safe. That's That's funny, yeah. Coffee with Gringos officially has over 100 episodes, and we are among the top podcasts in Chile, and that's thanks to you. But we're always working to grow our audience, So make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, and even Snapchat. But most importantly, rate, review, and share us with all of your friends, family, and co-workers. And if you want to take your English education to the next level, sign up for private or group classes with native English-speaking teachers at dynamicenglish.co.
1: And I think in the U.S., like you said, the Edward Snowden case was definitely like very pivotal. Another case, you know, many years ago, you know, a terrorism attack in California also raised a lot of privacy issues. Tell us a little bit about that, Ian.
0: Yeah, so in 2015 in San Bernardino in California, there was a terrorist attack and two of the shooters had used iPhone 5s to have conversations, to basically plan the terrorist attack that they were going to carry out. And so, you know, following the attack and all the investigations, the FBI, they came to Apple to say, hey, look, we need you guys to unlock these iPhones that the terrorists were using so that we can decipher their messages. We can read their communications, basically so we can get to the bottom of what happened in all this. But Apple is actually a company that they take their their privacy very seriously both for themselves and for their customers. So what they said basically to the the government, to the FBI is they said, sorry, our policies say that, you know, we we cannot unlock uh, encrypted messages between our customers, so basically, Sorry, you're on your own. We're not gonna do it. We're not gonna help you with this investigation. We're not gonna open up the phone so you can read the messages. As you can imagine, the US government didn't take that too lightly. They didn't really appreciate that answer. And this sparked a really big debate of, you know, even in situations as as terrible as a terrorist attack, you know, who has the right to share this information? And from an Apple's point of view, they they don't have the right to do that. That's the right of the customers. It's the right of the clients. And so the US government they they don't have a problem usually with intruding in on, on people's information so they thought otherwise and you know it's interesting because in surveys for for US citizens how they thought about the situation and about uh, Apple's Apple's stance they actually reported that you know over you know, 50% of people found that Apple was in, in the right. And they thought it was it was about half and half. So it was very close. But it was interesting to see that there were as many people almost saying, Apple's got a point. Privacy is important. Even if we don't like what happened, we don't have the right to dig into people's information. Hmm. So ever since then, we've had this kind of debate back and forth. Who gets access to encrypted information? Does the government? Does the regular person? Does the company? It's, it's really interesting.
1: I'm shocked. Yeah, 50-50. I mean, It is one of those questions that just has a lot of layers. It's not an easy answer. I think my take on it would be, you know, the same as as searches that, you know, you have to get a warrant. Like they have to go to a judge and the case needs to be vetted and has to be legal and then authorized by a federal judge that says, you know, this is a proper search and seizure. And, you know, maybe if if Apple's really concerned about, you know, them knowing how to unlock it, that an Apple employee does it. And so it's like every time the Apple employee has to do it so that the government can't just do it in any case. I think that would be my solution because I think, you know, this is a terrorism attack. You know, you do want to make sure that there aren't more, you know, you're preventing stuff. But I do agree. I think there needs to be a lot of legal steps. You know, you can't just have the government opening phones whenever they want to.
0: And I think that's more the real issue is maybe not even so much this particular case, but the whole idea of, OK, if Apple says yes to this one, then they're opening up a Pandora's box to the future. So it's kind exactly. of a way to justify, well, you opened it for this case. Why can't you do it again? You know, it's a way to sort of justify for each case. And so I think Apple's worried if we say yes this one time, then we're going to feel obligated to say yes to these other opportunities or these other instances. And that's not a road that they want to go down to as a company.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I can, I can see that point. It's a tough call. Give an inch and they take a mile. So you don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, let the government open this phone and then that leads to everyone's phone being open in the future. So it's tough. You do want to give law enforcement the tools they need to prevent terrible crimes from happening, you know, but there needs to be boundaries.
0: Sure. We got to have safeguards moving forward. And It's strange because, you know, we don't have a playbook for any of this. We're living in this age of digitization, like we mentioned. And with each year, we have more and more developments in which with more developments, we have more complications. And, you know, there's no, like I said, there's no playbook for the past. We've never had this before. So with these new developments come new problems and new arguments, (laughs) new complications. And so, you know, of course, this isn't going to be the last that we we hear about this. It's going to continue to be a problem of, you know, user rights, carrier rights, privacy rights, encryption, you know, the list goes on and on.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think you're seeing a lot of this play out in Congress, you know, what are these social media platforms doing with our data? I mean, really, we don't know. We assume it's being shared. (laughs) I think that's the assumption.
0: (laughs) We'll have to be careful moving forward with it. And Again, just be careful what you share, right? It's important when you share online, at least that you can control, even if you can't control some of the policies of the platforms that we use.
1: As my parents always told me, you know, growing up, nothing's free. So if you're using a platform and you're not paying for it, it's because you're giving them all this data. So just just remember that when you're posting things and putting private information out there. But anyway, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. As always, thanks for listening.
0: We'll see you next time.
1: Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.